Welcome beautiful people to the Don't Panic podcast. This is a podcast that takes you on a journey through the eyes of the creatives here in Scotland. Join me, Lucy, as I sit down with friends, family, creatives and industry professionals to discuss the complexities of being a creative person living right here in Scotland. From childhood to adulthood, career to personal passions and current events to mental health, We'll be diving deep into the ups and downs of being a Scottish creative with plenty of laughs and inspiration along the way. So sit back, relax, learn and relate as we explore all aspects of Scottish life, one conversation at a time. So hi Ruth. Hi Lucy. (laughs) How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm good. So today we've got Ruth Leslie on the podcast. Now, I've got a little bit of an introduction for you. Okay. So, um, try not to cringe. Don't try not to cringe, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, welcome to another exciting episode of Don't Panic. Today, we're thrilled to be joined by the incredibly talented and innovative jewellery designer, Ruth Leslie. With her distinctive style and meticulous craftsmanship, Ruth has been creating captivating and sculptural jewellery since 2015. Her eponymous collection, made with love and care in her Edinburgh studio, beautifully combines recycled silver and gold inspired by the intricate details of fabrics and captivating constructions found within textile machinery. Yes. Yes. Ruth's designs boast clean, elegant structures that effortlessly stand out, showcasing her signature twist wire details. From bold to classic, her creations transcend seasons and trends, making them an absolute must-have for every jewellery lover. In this episode, we dive into Ruth's jewellery... Sorry. In this episode, we dive into Ruth's journey as a jeweller, the creative process behind her iconic twisted wire technique and her dedication to using recycled materials for her designs. Hi, Ruth! (laughs) Hi! That was lovely, thank you. It's all right, it's all true. (laughs) Um... How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you doing? I'm good. Is this the first podcast you've yes, done? Yes, first podcast ever. Honoured. You've also it's been sure. requested by somebody. <laughs> we have a, 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 a friend of mine. <laughs> but it's good to see that we're giving the people what they want. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> what they want. Oh, sure. <laughs> it's a Sunday today, so I know. Day off. Yeah. Chatting you. Have some wine. Yeah, I know. We've cracked open a little mini bottle of wine. Um, which will, I don't know, who knows what's going to happen. Help me talk. Yeah. <laughs> <Or> not. <laughs> um, so we start off the podcast with, if you've got any life mantra that you live by, any personal quote or phrase that helps you navigate through life. Oh God, you know, you sent me the, the sheet before and I was really thinking about this. <laughs> I thought it's something profound. I, I really don't have anything that profound. I think most of the time I'm always just telling myself, take each day at a time. Yeah. Um, that is what gets me through stressful periods anyway, because I think when you're starting to think about everything you want to do, everything you need to do, mm-hmm. you can get a bit overwhelmed. Um, and I think trying to just think about what you can do that day is always what makes everything okay for me. Yeah. Um, that's a very sort of work-based thing, but I actually think it applies to personal life as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then it sums up. Okay, so we're going to start right at the beginning of uh, little baby Ruth. Oh dear. <laughs> um, can you tell me a little bit about your upbringing and where the kind of creativity, when it started? Where it okay. was, yeah, I mean, it is that classic story. Mm-hmm. Of you're sort of surrounded by creatives to some degree. Um, 
not any of my immediate family mm -hmm. were working in the creative sector, though my mum was very good at drawing. She used to draw us mermaids all the time that we would colour in, so that was always my um, special treat from mum. But my um, auntie was an art teacher, or is an art teacher still, and she has, you know, massively inspired me over the years as well. Um, oh, where and does I think she teach? She teaches at a private school in Glasgow called Hutchison's Grammar. Oh, cool. Um, and she's a very cool teacher there. I mean, we would go to their art shows during my high school years and I'd always just be like, this is the most insane art department ever um, mm -hmm. coming from a, as you will know, <laughs> state school in Edinburgh. Yeah. The art department was not exactly um, thriving with um, no. amazing creativity. Not so inspiring. No, but um, <laughs> we were all right. We were all right. And that school was amazing. Um, mm -hmm. But actually also my mum's, my mum's mum, my nana and my papa were both um, artists as well. My papa was also an art teacher. So it was kind of, you're just kind of surrounded by that. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're currently filming in my filming. We're um, recording in my flat and the painting on the wall behind Lucy's oh. was done by my papa. Oh, um, that's so kind of like, yeah, it was, it was, it was kind of inevitable. Yeah. To be honest. Yeah. <laughs> just surrounded by yeah. it. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, growing up in a sort of middle class household, I guess you get a lot of, um, opportunity to be creative as well mm -hmm. um, absolutely um <laughs> so from a very young age were you like this is what I want to do like I'm inspired by this this is where I see myself totally I, I actually thought I was always going to be an art teacher like I just I think we all did yeah but I think that was it's like the only thing I knew exactly. existed as far as like a job in art when when you're little exactly like I never thought I'd be an artist I thought I would be an art teacher and I had little I have little um vivid memories of me thinking about how I'd look as a, an art teacher and like outfits I'd wear. So, so, so I always, yeah, I still have this, um, I guess, like imaginary, not persona, but just this vision of how I thought I'd be mm -hmm. at this age, I suppose. And I'm definitely not there. But yeah, I thought, I think I thought I'd be an art teacher the whole time. There was one small period where I thought I'd be a singer. And then I said that to my mum and she would just sort of was like, yeah. Can you sing? No. <laughs> Yeah, I also remember having this little book 
that was like you would draw the outfits yes on absolutely. on and it was all it was it was very like the feminine little barbie doll type yeah style like boobies and like mm-hmm. like not curvy women but like they had little boobies and like little hips and tiny waists and yeah. stuff and yeah yeah <laughs> you were just yeah and, and putting like crop tops on them and mm-hmm. at the time it was always very low rise trousers or yeah little mini skirts like christina Aguilera, britney style you yeah know, all that Absolutely. So you're obviously very supported at home as far as like creativity and like to get to express yourself. Yeah. Uh, did you have that same experience in school? You. Yeah. Yeah. Teach it. Yeah. I think so. I mean, our our primary school was pretty um, pretty rubbish in the art department area. I think. I don't. I think we had like. Where were you? Tell me. Tell me. I could say. Yeah. 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 We had. Was it, what was her name, Miss Baldwin? Yes. Who would come yeah. and yeah. do like art class. I feel like that was once a month, if even Even that. less yes. than that. Yeah, it was very yeah. irregular. But like everyone in the class, they might even get the girls who kind of, you didn't bully me, but they weren't particularly nice to me and they'd come up and be like, can you draw? You had to draw something, you know, for... Or you were like, I was yeah. the go-to person yes. to draw. So, yes. Um, and then high school, death. I mean, you're obviously there's so many more people that are good at art around you when you get to high school mm-hmm. but I think it was all right it was all right yeah you know I, I remember enjoying art it was always the one I wanted to go to yes yeah the te- some of the teachers were were good some of them less though poor it did its best <laughs> it did its best on the plan it had for sure and the facilities it had and I mean when you got to fifth and sixth year obviously mm-hmm. they took it a lot more seriously mm-hmm. yeah um, and I think whilst there wasn't a lot of options to be more creative they they yeah they they were totally they, they pushed you to, to do so as yeah. I didn't be creative enough. Do you remember what you did for your was it not we had to like paint for like six or seven hours? Yeah, we did. Yeah. That was that was for A level. That we did A level instead of advanced. Yeah. Right. And yeah. I did a whole um did we have like three projects or something? The whole thing on Roblox? God, I feel we have lived the same one. Same <laughs> it was like a specifically oh god i'll need to show you after this because it's this one specific image and it's like a lady robot and she's like on her knees wow but um i wonder if we did then similar thing uh i can't remember it popped up again recently i was like god i used to draw that like that's why i like that memory but that's funny anyway well yeah i mean i think it was the the interest in drawing people but how to make that a bit more different a bit different from what you've been doing yeah prior to that and um, I drew Kitty at one point. I did. Fifth. No, it was sixth year. So oh, yeah, I drew Kitty. I got her to pose on the stairwell through the bars, and you know, on this little digital camera. I was terrible at that as well. <laughs> well, our options were limited, aren't they? Very, very. Well, no, I think that's what I did. That was my final exam. I. It was a picture of me though in my stair in Bath Street. Oh, wow. And it was the stair and the door because it was a really nice stair. And it was just a picture of me walking down it, and that's what I painted. I think. Wow. I, I can't remember what I did for that bit. I do remember drawing Kate, but I don't think it was for an exam. I think it was. Mm. But it was It was like her hands were holding onto the bars like this. I mean, I think probably our teachers had a limited inspiration. Mm. Um, I know. And like, poor A was well. really like, no. like, why don't you go outside and, you know, go into nature? You can't really do that anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but they were, you know, they were, I enjoyed art anyway. It wasn't like it was, it wasn't. You know, you didn't know at the time how mm-hmm. limited it was, really. All you yeah. knew was what you knew. Yeah, absolutely. Um, did you do fashion and textiles? N- oh, no, I did it. I think I did it as a... What were those? Is it minorities, we call them? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe we could do, like, so. once a week. Yeah. Something. 
yeah. the end of a, a day or something. Was it a crash hire or anything? No, it wasn't. I didn't get a degree. A degree. I didn't get a grade in it. <laughs> a degree in fifth year. I didn't get a grade in it or anything, but it was. I remember doing it on like a Tuesday or something, and I like you know the basics like made like a pillowcakes and made yeah like it was that's kind of it yeah that was it's very basic yeah it's very very basic yeah so school overall you liked art I liked art like art was the place you wanted to go and yeah in sixth year when you got free periods and you weren't feeling like you needed to be social to be cool mm-hmm. I would go to the art department and do extra did you like if, yeah yeah I'd be like oh I need to finish that so I'd go to the art department it wasn't all the time I mean mm-hmm. I think we had the common room so that was also the place you wanted to be. Yeah, I think that's but yeah. in the common room we doing Twilight. Oh, is it Twilight <laughs> yeah. time, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, because I remember reading Twilight when I was maybe like fifteen, so that would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Says <laughs> sitting over Edward Cullen. Oh my god. My stepdad's last name is Cullen, so was my mum's and I remember being like, Why am I not Cullen? <laughs> Imagine you were. You could have you know, really rolled of that, guys. Like fucking fifteen years ago or something. <laughs> Genuinely fifteen years ago. <laughs> Uh, so, when you were in school, you were obviously still doing art, you were doing things. When did the jewellery side of things start to come in? That, I mean, that was definitely in sixth year, and it really boils into my aunt. She had mm-hmm. a massive interest in this incredible collection in contemporary jewellery, um, and she introduced me to a lot of contemporary jewellers. Um, the Scottish Gallery, which is actually where I now have a part time job, mm-hmm. um, at that point had a lot of very um i'm going to use the word contemporary again but you know not not your traditional jewelry not silver and gold stuff it mm-hmm. had jewelry made from all these sort of mixed media materials that you wouldn't necessarily associate with jewelry and so in my fifth year actually i did jewelry for my design project okay. and i made this big videotape neck piece cool. with like, <laughs> ring pulls you know this pretty <laughs> pretty mad um, and then expressing yourself exactly exactly I mean that was the only taste of design we really had I think at school but because of her having that collection and then thinking about going to art school it was like what what can I do that would actually get me a job mm-hmm. um, basically it was so boring and inspiring but it was like well that sounds so well that that was the first thought and then it was kind of like looking at the departments and being like well actually it'd be really cool to like learn how to use metal mm-hmm. and learn these really old school, like traditional metalworking techniques, how to, you know, be, basically feel like you'd be a blacksmith, which you aren't, you know, definitely not, but th- that's what it felt like at the time. Yeah. Um, so after that, it was like, oh, actually, yeah, I could, I could do that. I'd enjoy that. Yeah. And then applying to universities, you know, in Scotland, we, we could go to university for free if we went in Scotland. Mm-hmm. So it was like, okay, apply to all three. Done deal. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and I've only got into Glasgow and that was oh. the only one I applied to direct to silversmithing and jewellery. Um, oh, okay. Because at Edinburgh, you, you had to do like a, you, you did like a, a design foundation. It, in the first year was just so design general, yeah. and Dundee was just general anything, mm-hmm. try it all out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't get into them, so I got to Glasgow, jewellery department, I was like, right, well, I'm going there, that's it, I'm going, and I did it. Yeah, jewellery, it was it was an interesting course, I think I learned loads, and I didn't actually enjoy it at the time. <laughs> um, for the first three years, I was adamant I wasn't going to do jewellery. Why was, was that? Oh, I just wasn't very confident about what I was doing. I never felt like anything I produced was very good. And mm. um, I wasn't like clicking with things massively, but it was mm. it's struggle. It was, it was hard, yeah, yeah. It was like finding your foot. Yeah. And you know, some people you 
would pick it up really quickly. You'd always be comparing yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, but then in final year, when you got to decide what you were going to do, what mm-hmm. kind of techniques you'd use, what your inspirations were, that's when I really was like, oh, actually, I quite like this. I'm going to do this. Oh, that's good. Can you keep going with it? Yeah. So where, where, was there a point where you were like, I don't want to do this anymore? Third year, yeah. I was really were like, you like, I'm done? I was like, I'm just going to get this degree. And then mm. it was something entirely different. Right. I was already looking at things like masters and fashion communication and stuff. Right. Like what yeah. I do. Mm-hmm. That was still kind of felt like jewelry and fashion, but not necessarily the making part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I, I can't even remember a moment where that switched massively, but I think I just found my footing in fourth year. So what was um what was like the Glasgow uni experience? I mean, I, I loved, I mean, I love Glasgow. I loved it as a city. I mm-hmm. think as a student, it's a great place to be. There's so much, like, the nightlife's great. There's, the fashion is much more exciting there mm-hmm. than Edinburgh anyway. Mm-hmm. We're still Scotland, but you know. Mm-hmm. Um, compared to Edinburgh and the art school was, you know, quite a vibrant place. It was quite sort of segregated in terms of, like, architecture, fine mm-hmm. art and design. Mm-hmm. And, and jewelry, the jewelry department was very dirty. Um, women heavy you know yeah. there was Recularly. occasionally a guy in like one guy per year i mean to be fair the tutors were most well but half men half mm-hmm. yeah and um, but the you know it was very women heavy and we didn't we were quite segregated because we had always had to have a separate space whereas right. um a lot of the other departments could mingle a bit more and mm-hmm. um, but saying that you know you made friends in halls and you yeah you know, went and socialized and stuff so i had friends in other departments as well um, it was a really, it was a really nice time. I think of it fondly. I think of well, fourth year the best because I felt better about my actual work. Mm-hmm. Although we were working so hard, but there was something about that that was also like you just really enjoyed it. It was so like nice. have, have this yeah. is my goal. I'm working hard for this period of mm-hmm. time, and, and you didn't have to think about anything else. <laughs> <laughs> you're so focused. You're so focused. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And like I, I really don't think pe- people that don't do um create jobs or or have or been to uni for such things they don't understand like how much you have to put into it like you're literally from the moment you wake up till the minute you go to sleep you're working on stuff like absolutely yeah if you're not in uni you're working at home like there's no it was it's right it's a practical (laughs) subject yeah you're for the most part you're you know you're making or you're sketchbooking or you're you're doing you're doing stuff all the time and yeah and i was so lucky to have parents and a student loan that would mm-hmm. support me financially through that because there was a couple of people in my course who had to work as well mm-hmm. um, and you know we were in that studio from like 9 a.m till 11 p.m when they closed you yeah. know we were working the yeah. whole day so actually I don't know what would have happened if I had had all that time to work. And sure. People who had to go to bar work or, yeah. you know, wait them during the day and stuff. It, it takes out a lot of your day. And mm-hmm. I mean, I just I was so lucky to have that squirt um, and have a full student load, which I have not paid up, obviously. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> who does? Who does? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I worked first, to second and third year mm-hmm. and then left my job for fourth year. So I can, like, focus on that. But yeah. still, it was like such a huge commitment to do that and you are putting all your time in and like yeah. I don't know what it was like for jewellery did you have to pay for all your own yeah we we, we they like they set up uh, not in as individual things it was sorry that doesn't make sense uh, yes you did have to pay you paid a term fee so it was three terms yes, and you uh-huh. pay a fee to start with every term yeah which got your sort of base materials and then anything you wanted it with that you had to buy yourself so it's just quite expensive course yeah, yeah, overall yeah, yeah definitely yeah and you know you're working with 
precious metals but of that as well and I, I got into using titanium which was not sourced to the department and I had to do that myself and that you know would come to sort of handy to play in this third term as well mm. so mm-hmm. yeah, yeah it was a lot it's yeah. it's so expensive I, I think um, I don't know did you have an indication of how expensive it was going to be before you started the course like not or were you just like I'm going to do it and see what happens yeah not, yeah not at all I mean you knew when you first got in that you had to pay a fee it was very small when you first started because you'd only be using base metals mm-hmm. you know got more and more as the years went on but because you started to use precious metals and mm-hmm. such um, and you were expected to produce more um, but also the art school wasn't about just metal it was like can you can you like a medium yeah. like yeah you know it's art school at the same time it's not sure it's not um not like an apprenticeship where you learn proper jewelry techniques it's like you learn okay. a bit of each thing if you want but to go really in something you have to make that happen but um, yeah. you don't come out of it like a fully fledged I can make diamond rings too. sure got you yeah they're still cre- it's still a creative school so yeah. it's still a lot of like design it's mostly That's design good. though I, I like yeah. I mean now I really relish that because the in Julia I'm interested in doing is is more creative and art based it's not I don't want to get into like engagement and diamond ring and sure that's not your act no yeah at <laughs> all so that's yeah. very very fair i remember we had um at uni it's the most ridiculous thing ever i think i've still got it as well but we had this like orange slip like sheet that you yeah. have to put your money on so oh. so like you'd have to go to the office and if you're wanting to buy fabrics you'd have to go and be like i want to put like x amount on to like i would pay for that so you pay for it and then they'd write it on a bit of paper how much you put on it like kind of like credit but on a bit of paper yeah and then you'd then spend the money and it would get deducted then you'd have to like top it up but it was a bit of paper so if you lost it you were absolutely fucked because oh like yeah because that's there's no record of it and people would be putting like five six seven hundred pounds on it oh dear, because right. it was such an ex- it was such an expensive course like the fabrics were insane. Fabric is like people have no idea how much fabric. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, it's crazy. So people were putting like hundreds of pounds on these like orange slips because they would uh, staple the receipt to the orange slip. Right. Okay. So if you lost it, you had no. <laughs> oh, literally, your whole. Oh no! It was so sad. So old school. I hope I changed that now. I really hope so. That. The yeah. online at least or yeah <laughs> Harriet Watt get your shit together yeah. <laughs> um, so oh that's cool I'm glad you ended on a positive note yes in definitely <laughs> and I'm just I, you know for ages I was like do I tell people this and I was like and you need to just be real about the stuff and it isn't oh, definitely. it's not yeah no I think yeah absolutely it's, it's hard it's a, it's a roller coaster. yeah figuring it all out it really is and especially because did you did you go straight into uni? Did you have any yeah, time off? School. Yeah, that's yeah. Wild. I mean, when, like, <laughs> at, at uni, I was like, oh, I wish I'd just done a foundation here somewhere. Like, right. You know, going to Edinburgh College and mm. that. Because um, mm-hmm. who knows where I would have ended up if I'd done that. But, um, you know, and now I don't regret it. And, you know, I'm still doing jewellery, which is, yeah, I really believe, actually. I think me at, what, uh, 20 years old would be like, no way you can do that. Well, exactly. But it's rare that actually somebody goes mm. to uni to study something and then actually have a career in that thing. Like, they start <laughs> going with it. Well, I don't know. I don't so know. it's it's a good thing. You're showing people like... It can't happen. It can't happen. It might be fair, but you know, it's all right. Well, I mean, that just comes with the territory. <laughs> um, so... Wait, so you graduated, what year yeah. did that have been? 2015. And then, so you started your collection well, from the, the yeah, moment? Yeah, kind of. I went and did a year um, 
artist in residency at Edinburgh College Park. So I had a year after that where nice. Um, you know, I knew I wanted to keep going a bit. I wasn't prepared to get my own studio and buy tools and stuff yet because mm-hmm. it was just starting out. So I yeah did this residency, which sadly they don't do anymore at Edinburgh, and um, they do do it at Glasgow still. But that was a great stepping stone year because you can be in the university, have the facilities, and um, have the support if you want, but also have the freedom to do your own yeah, thoughts to go about your own way. So mm-hmm. I was working part time at um, anthropology at the time. Oh, so you were. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I had a studio, I had a desk at Edinburgh College of Art, and I would have to do a tiny bit of teaching support as sort of um, the, the the payment for getting. We okay. get the studio. So yeah. the, the first years specifically into where else needed it, sometimes go around the fourth years and just give them a bit more support. You got your and teaching. I, like, yeah. I, totally <laughs> I was like, yeah, not doing that. <laughs> um, no, it was good. It was good actually. And it, it allowed me to, yeah, I still had access to all this equipment, which I mean, not great. had mm-hmm. had I gone into a studio from there. Um, so I did that for a year. And I think I officially registered my business in 2016 because mm-hmm. I got um, my first solo exhibition at the Scottish Gallery, which is where I now have a part-time job. Mm-hmm. Um, through having my jewellery there, I got to know the people who work there mm-hmm. um, and pitched myself as, you know, doing me the part-time stuff. Yeah. Um, but that was my first exhibition and I think that was the the real, like, okay, you're going to give this a go as a business. And so I registered the business with tax, the really exciting part. Yeah. Um, and... Yes. Um, and then from there, I think I was there till was it August, and then I got a studio at a place called Precious, a place called Precious Metals Workshop, mm-hmm. which is just like oh, where's that? Out with the blue drill hole. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, I think it's they're still going there. They're still, it's a good place for jewelers. Thanks. Early jewelers as well, or people who maybe just do it on the side as a hobby because mm-hmm. you have a bench, you have some equipment, you can do bench share. It's very affordable. Oh, that's great. And that's still going on just now? Yeah, it's still, yeah. It's still rising. Yeah, for anyone, especially the early career or if they're, if they're doing it very part-time, it's, you know, it's not it's not expensive. You mm-hmm. have some equipment that you can that's use. Cool. And you also have people around you, which is nice and Yes, places. definitely. You know, when you want your own space, it can be, yeah. But lonely. <laughs> <laughs> totally. No, it can be, absolutely. Yeah. Um, one thing that I think is really commendable about you, your jewellery is and I hope you see this as a positive as well but you've stayed consistent with what you do like your your collection is your collection and like you build (laughs) no I think it's amazing because what what my issue is is I get over things too quickly and then I move and then I want to move on to something else but the consistency of it is what's built the brand. Yeah. So like, it's like yeah. perfect. But was that always intentional? It definitely wasn't. And stuff I do now is totally a progression from my pre-show. And mm-hmm. um, my degree show work was much larger scale. It's very sort of sculptural. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Big neck pieces, big brooches. Yeah. Um, I use a lot of titanium then. Um, and then after it was sort of a, it's, it's been a very slow progression to now the work that mm-hmm. is much more commercial. Mm-hmm. Some of it. I still try to do some less commercial thing yeah but um you know you gotta make money essentially but i never planned to keep going this long but i suppose the demand's there to some degree that's amazing um, and i think also with jewelry the market is so oversaturated and with social media you see so much so part of me is like i don't know how i'll ever do something different that doesn't feel like i'm doing what's already out there mm-hmm. but you've um, definitely got yourself i've got my, my signature style. yeah yeah it. yeah absolutely um i think that's great and i keep having you know I still keep thinking of things I want to make in that style, so I'm not run out of it yet. I'm not run out of 
um, inspiration from it yet. I'm sure there will come a day when that's when I have to sort of, you know, do something to get my creative juices going. <laughs> well, as yeah. I was reading in your interview on L Singapore, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Singapore, <laughs> which is class, um, that you originally, well, you'd mentioned earlier as well, that originally you were maybe looking at fashion communication or like you were interested in yeah. fashion. Like, is that something that you still think you might want to delve into a little bit? Or, oh, I mean, I'd love to, I just don't even know where to begin. I yeah. Um, I'm so, like, focused on jewellery. And, I mean, collaborations, maybe? That would be the thing. Uh, sure. We start me off there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, again, I mean, fashion is a whole other world, really. Mm. You know, you kind of put the two together sometimes, but actually they are quite different and the production is different. Whether you're making stuff, oh yeah, yeah, you know, well, or whether you're you're going into outsourcing, it's it's a whole other world, really. Yeah. Um, I don't see it right now, but that doesn't yeah never seen it. But never seen again, it. a collaboration would be lovely. Yeah, yeah that's like, cool. Yeah, <laughs> no, that would be class. Like, yeah, yeah, I see that. Um, and when you were starting your business, did you manage to get any like funding or grants? Did you look into any of that? Did you just save yourself? Like any kind of general advice for people on how to kind of get the ball rolling? Yeah. Yeah, I think um, oh, I did have applications where I applied for funding. Um, it wasn't huge amounts by any means. It was like you know, thousand pounds a year, seven hundred pounds a year. Mm-hmm. Um, again, very helpful at those points in time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, my my main thing for me, the thing that was what got me through it all was that I lived with my parents. Mm. So I was very lucky to be able to stay at my mum's, and for the most part, and I didn't have to pay rent, so I was able to not make lots of money and it'd be okay yeah and um, manageable yeah i still had a part-time i mean i've always had a part-time job yeah this I, yeah. I, and i still work in a gallery two days a week um because the world works on monthly outgoings and you sure. don't get that when you have a business no absolutely um, but the at the time i yeah i lived with my parents i was able to invest a lot of my time and money into the business without it being like can i come to rent this month yeah so i think that's a huge, you know, being fully transparent now, that's massively mm-hmm. what helped. Um, there is lots of funding out there in Scotland. There are, especially for if you're coming from a craft angle, mm-hmm. um, you can get, you know, Create Scotland do craft grants. And there are, generally when you first start out as a graduate, there are schemes that support you. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're applying to any sort of um, show, sometimes they'll have you know, you're graduate, you can do this for cheaper or free and whatnot. So yeah. that, that's always really helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if you can have, the, the less outgoings you can have, the better. Because otherwise, yeah. you know, um, you will have to prioritise making money through a job. And you just have to do it on the site. And you have to be really, yeah. really passionate about it because it will mean going to the studio after work in the evenings. Yeah, very like self-disciplined. Yes, definitely, yeah. definitely. Um, and for me as well, I was... Uh, being, I don't know if this is worth it, you can cut this out. Okay, but like, I, I'd, um, had a bad breakup and I remember being like, I'm just put all my energy into my, my work. No, I think that's great. And I was like, I don't, you know, it was a distraction, but it was also, I think it was really good for me because it did just mean I just wanted to do the work. Yeah. I wasn't like, oh, I'll just go to see my boyfriend. I was like, I'm actually going to go. Yeah, to no, the I, I completely agree with you because yeah. like, if I'm talking to friends and they, they, they're in the creative world and in shape of art and they've, yeah, going for a break, I'm like, right, this is the time to go into your work. Exactly. It's a distraction. Yeah. But you're also actually putting a lot of energy in something that's really important. We have to take so, time. And, and yeah. Have, I mean, I've got more motivation because it wasn't, you know, when you're in a relationship, I think you can become a bit like, 
complacent and comfortable. Yeah, you're like, oh, but it's fine. I can just go and sit there. That's my comfort bubble. Totally. Whereas when you're not in that, it's like, right, what am I going to do with my time now? I'm going to, yeah. So I put like loads of energy into making stuff and um, getting into social media. Like mm-hmm. I, I did a business course. Great. Um, and yeah, and I think had I, that not happened, I don't think I'd be where I am now. Yeah. Honestly. No, fair. I think that's great advice though. As well, breaking that in, yeah, come with your partner and then start your business. Yeah, <laughs> no, I think that's great. <laughs> so, okay, I mentioned a bit earlier, but you've had features in Vogue Mexico and El Singapore. But what is your like biggest highlight of your career so far? It, it might be one of those. <laughs> No, or no, they're they're amazing. Like had the press stuff recently has been brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, they give you a really good confidence boost for sure. Um, yeah. I think to be honest, when I actually think about how I felt in the moments, that first solo show I got at the Scottish Gallery was a huge deal for me because mm-hmm. I'd spent so many years going to that gallery, knowing it was the place in Scotland for contemporary jewellery, mm-hmm. and I just was like, I can't believe they passed me, and I just graduated like eight months ago this yeah. is insane so that that for me was like a huge moment yeah I think I mean career highlights there is a hard one I think everything that I've done you know me 10 years ago would have been never been able to see where I'd be and mm-hmm. have to remind myself that when you get sort of oh business isn't great yeah like, actually yeah look back and I've got to where I wanted to be you know in that business course I did it was like I want to have a studio I want to be selling in these places I want to have been in Vogue I remember writing that. Oh my god! And it's like, okay, that's actually amazing. I've, I've managed to get there. That's brilliant. And yeah. um, I think when I got the studio that I'm in now, I felt really happy because it was it's an amazing space and I can afford it. Albeit some months it's tight. Yeah, can, of course. Um, so I think honestly, it's it's generally like some of the smaller things sometimes that actually made me feel the best because there is an element now that because I've been doing it a while and um, and it's. And it's um, part of work. It feels like, oh, that's another, just as a business tick. You know, it's a major sure. Yeah. I kind of separate the personal and the business a bit more. Yeah. yeah. Which I'm trying to not do. I really have to be like, be proud of yourself. Do, do you find that um, off the back of these um, kind of big publication things that you get more orders and more interest? Like, is it. It's really interesting you say it because, like, the, the Millie Bobby Brown one, mm-hmm. that was obviously, it was Vogue Mexico. So whilst people who saw that through me were like, this is amazing, it, it didn't generate sales from Mexico by any means. Sure. Um, that didn't have me any instant sales. I think it did um, boost my business, the, the way people perceive my business, I should say. Okay, yeah. But things like um, the Sunday Times style, they had a, I had a feature in that in, in, a, in a, an article called like cult jewellery brands editors love or something mm-hmm. and it just had a few like product pictures and mm-hmm. it had one of my fidget rings in it yeah and that as soon as that came out i, I got about 10 sales just oh, straight off the bat yeah yeah and it was the, that so that kind of article definitely does do you think it's more kind of like physically the product rather than well, obviously like yeah. Millie's styled and she's got the earrings exactly. on and stuff but if you're not specifically kind of looking exactly. out and reading the description exactly you're not and, and I think people look at you know celebrity photo shoots or or just any sort of editorial as aspirational but not necessarily a money boy I buy that yeah um, whereas yeah with product placement generally I think generally it's known to be a better um, sale booster yeah well, that's um, interesting. which is I mean I've been learning with that for sure mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. press is good um, for getting 
I think it does build your brand more. It makes people take you a bit more seriously. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So whether or not it gets you sales in the instant moment, it's building your reputation. It, it builds your reputation, and actually, people then start to buy down the line a bit more because mm-hmm. um, you know, there's a lot of people who follow you for a while, and then that's something that happens, and I think they eventually go, oh, "Actually, I should get that." Yeah. yeah, yeah, I can totally understand yeah. that. And I think we spoke last whenever it was, whenever <laughs> maybe last year or something. Um, you have been investing in PR stuff. Yes. And this kind of came off off the, the back, back of that. that. Yeah, 100%. So when did you decide that PR was something that you wanted to invest in? Like, what, when did that? I can't remember the exact moment, but I'm, there was a point where I was like, I need to do something different. Mm-hmm. If I want to achieve these things, I need to do something different. Yeah. And then I started working with my lovely friend Zoe, who helped me out. Um, Elizabeth with PR, she helped me start to do my newsletter, which is trilled off since, sadly, but I'll get back to that. Um, but she right. she sort of got her foot in the door a bit with that. I think I'd put out something on Instagram saying I'm interested in PR. Mm-hmm. Please, um, you know, get in touch if you know someone or, you know, you're, you're in that department. Mm-hmm. So we reached out and then actually, pretty much as soon as I did that, I received this email from a woman called Aurora, who is known as Roar PR. And she is now my, my PR gal. She's lovely. We're the same age. Um, she is great. Freelance PR, um, very, very affordable for PR, mm-hmm. um, based in London. And, you know, when she reached out, I was very, very intrigued because it's so expensive. You know, you get all the time from these companies. Mm-hmm. Only £2,000 a month. And I have, sorry. No, <laughs> I, I didn't make that. I didn't <laughs> like, what? Um, so um, when she, you know, said her price and everything, I was like, right, let's give this a go. And, and she's, she's lovely. She was very very thorough she'd send um reports every every month when you pay her with everything she's done mm-hmm. every sort of out you know mention of all the brands she worked with she'd put who's contacted and then she'd do specific to you what who's reached out right who's asked for lookbooks who's asked for um, mm-hmm. products for styling and everything and whilst not all of that came to anything it's just nice to know who's who's being yeah, attentive. Yeah, sure. absolutely. Uh, and she's obviously just showing you, like, uh, like I'm reaching out to X, Y, Z. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And it is, it was really, at the start it was, you know, it took a few months to get anything going. And after that it was really good because you're new, people are seeing all your work. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of stylists want to borrow things for shoots. And again, you loan things and only maybe sort of 20, 30% of the time would something come of that. Because, um, you know, only thinks a lot of, Stylus, um, the Millie Bobby Brown one, I knew that was it was being owned for that, but I was adamant nothing would come of it. Mm-hmm. But then when uh, I saw the photos from that, I was like, I'm just gonna check on mine. And that's yeah. when I was like, oh, there's my <laughs> <laughs> um, And I was instantly shared it on Instagram and just obviously it's Oh my god, it's, it's insane. Um, but um, you know, I've had I've had requests for like Courtney Kardashian, I've had requests for like and nothing comes of it. This happens all sure. the time. It's so okay. part of the norm. Yeah. You just so you become a bit numb to it. So you feel like you can't fully get excited no, until like it's like until I see it printed out in front of me. Literally it's what happens. Well yeah. even with like th- there was a feature last sort of year last year with um, British Vogue and they borrowed some rings for a an editorial. Mm. Um, and even at the time they're emailing Aurora sort of saying, Can you tell us the name of this ring? They're like, This Maybe featured, but please no, it might not be featured. <laughs> Don't, oh even God, though I'm actually asking yeah. for the title, but with a little snapshot of the part of the image, 
that they're going to put so in it's like, it. It's so ready. It's, it's pretty ready to go, but there is, I think, just very last minute things can change. Yeah. yeah. So they never want to be like, this is coming out. So you just can't get excited about anything. Yeah. Which is a shame. Really. Yeah. yeah. And above, when it does happen, it's it's, it's quite amazing. Isn't it? Yeah. Extra special. Extra special. It actually happened. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. You have a couple stockists that you stock for. Yeah. Did uh, you approach them? Did they approach you? Like, how does that work? So I actually, I actually think the stockers I have now, they approach me. Mm-hmm. Um, that's I have approached stockers before. That's not because I've, I've not done that. But um, the the first one is lunch, which is you know, my friends who run at Bethany. I, we worked together first, and now we've become friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but they started an online platform a couple of years ago, um, and they've been you know showing my work online since then. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess yeah, they approached me for that, and then Memo Studios is my other stockist. They are a now physical store in Cheltenham, the south. Oh, lovely! Um, and they are, you know, they they stock mostly very or for the most part sustainable brands. I know that's a tricky word, but mm-hmm. as as sustainable and ethical as possible. Yeah, um, yeah. Independent brands, mm-hmm. and they reached out. I think just through Instagram connections and everything, and they. They're really good. They sell my work regularly, and they're lovely. Two two young women, mm-hmm. Vix and Lage, who run that business. Um, Katie and Lil. So yeah, they that they reached out to me, and that's a lovely brand to be part of. Um, yeah. And then, so I do actually. I have stockists in Taiwan, which is a oh wow in in Taipei, which is a a woman I knew from university. She was the year after me, and she's opened her own shop, which is mostly selling her own brand, uh-huh. um, ANG jewelry, but she has a few. Um, that's so cool. areas that she shows other I think she's mostly done it with British jewellers because she studied here she studied Glasgow and then she went to mm-hmm. the I think she went to RCA after that so she's sort of got that aspect of her mm-hmm. career as well so yeah, yeah. Um, so there's that one as well and I've had a couple of other stockists throughout the years the Scottish Gallery where I work do some of my work as well mm-hmm. and, and again that was from graduating so I think yeah they all they reached out really to think about it, but I have in the past contacted other places, mm. um, and it's definitely something you just need to keep working at, yeah, and, and keep being so you keep persevering with because mm-hmm. you know things get lost in the ether all the time. And sure, businesses are are in. Um, you have to be quite sure. Yeah, you do. <laughs> you really do. Yeah, um, I think yeah, it's just by coincidence now that I'm only with stockists that I uh, have approached me but I have definitely done that yeah in the past yeah yeah and you're quite happy yeah definitely I mean I would like more at some point it's just I, I don't know when I have time, <laughs> don't have time. well yeah this is the thing yeah. because you are obviously one person yeah. running a full business so it's like you can only really go so far before exactly. the next step is like employing people exactly so exactly yeah you and can only go you can only go, yeah, you yeah, can only do so much. much. You can only produce so much. Um, and whilst, you know, at some point I'd hope to be able to do it full-time, um, as I said earlier, I'm not totally confident with that yet. It comes in waves. And mm-hmm. I think I'd need to let go of my other job before I start employing someone else. Because then I two days a week extra, which would make a huge difference. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. In terms of also not just the making, then mm-hmm. all the other stuff that you've got to do. Because mm-hmm. as you know, being your own business, there you have to do every aspect of it. Yeah. Um, which is why having the PR has been great, because that's one thing that's yeah. off my plate. Yeah. Um, sure. And I do outsource, you know, obviously I work with photographers and I mm-hmm. um, do Bethany, who does most of my photography, and um, also 
built my website and maintains that when I need to okay. as well. So, so, you know, yeah, I do work with people who do some aspects, but there's many other things I need to work on, like yeah. newsletters. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, we've discussed many things because that's your speciality as well. And, yeah. Um, it's just never enough time in the day. And I think I'm bad for feeling like if I've not made any or done any making one day, I feel like I've not worked. Right. Which is uh-huh. absolutely not right. It's not accurate. Yeah. The guilt. It's it's the guilt was like, yeah. Yeah, uh, but there's so much other stuff that you need to do. Absolutely. I, I, is there any other aspects of the business that isn't the cr- like making that you do actually really enjoy? I do enjoy Instagram. Okay. I'm not very yeah. good at it at the moment. I've, I, You're great at it. Well, I've had a period of time where I like posted regularly. Uh-huh. I, I can do stories easy peasy. I find that really natural. Mm. Grid posts, I think I've gone even more like, oh, I need to look right. Um, whilst you wouldn't necessarily think that from my my grid because it's not all the same by any means i, I do have your grid i have a specific way i want things to look yeah of course i want to use and so um yeah i think i started posting less now on my grid which i need to get back to but i do enjoy instagram that that part feels natural to me it's a place of escape for me i know it's it can be quite bad in terms of getting you know wasting time but for me instagram is like going onto something that's to look at beautiful things. Mm, no, it's inspirational. It's not, yeah, it's aspirational, sure. inspirational. I own that, and that's what I like about it. Yeah, um, you know, I do believe in um, putting out real things too, like real, not reals, like realistic. Re- yeah, real uh-huh. yeah, but for me, it's like I have that in my life right now. I don't. I need. To, I just want to look at pretty pictures. Yeah. Cool videos. No, like, obviously, for my job, I, I spend quite a lot of time just on platforms looking mm-hmm. at what's going on because then it might triggers an idea or a trend that you see that you're like oh, I can do this or yeah you know so it's it's all valid yeah and the yeah, absolutely and I was actually going to touch upon that like your photography and I mean you're saying Bethany does it for, for the most part for I do work part. with photographers so. okay. yeah yeah um but it does it does feel like your feed and, and your imagery it all does feel very intentional and very like um, no it that it's it's beautiful it's really beautiful and my favorite has always been the dog one. But but like I love the shoot that you did. Um, it wouldn't have been that long ago with the guys. Yeah, yeah that was yeah, great. That was, that good. was so yeah. good. Yeah. That was with them. Um, a photographer called Laura Meek, who's mm-hmm. based at Custom Lane, and um, it was it was a very Custom Lane community studio. From it's familiar, Laura Meek. Yeah, she's she's an Edinburgh based photographer. She yeah. she's worked with a lot a lot of brands you probably right know and yeah, um, she's got a, a very sort of um kind of moody aesthetic mm-hmm. with her photography, mm-hmm. and I think she does work on film a lot as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but she, yeah, that was a, I want to work. Well, I want to work locally, and so she's basically custom line, which is where my studio is now. Mm. Um, and then Johnny and Ashton were the two guys modelling. Johnny used to be based custom line. Um, he is a woodworker, um, sort of furniture. More than that, now he works for a company called Splinter. And Ashton, oh yeah, working on a coffee shop. Mm-hmm. So it was like, okay, you two are nice looking men, and you can model some jewellery. And I, I knew I wanted to photograph a event because regularly you get messages like, are you ever going to do men's jewellery? And I'm going. Julie for everyone. It's for everybody. But I realised I haven't marketed it right. more than sort of... You need to it's, it's quite feminine a lot of the way that I do it. I know that it is, that it is that way. It's for the female gaze most of the time. <laughs> so I was like, I need to do a bit better at marketing it that way. Because, yeah. I mean, there's lots of men's jewelry out there. And then most of the time it's these big chunky things. And it's mm-hmm. like, I'm, you know, I'm not going to make men's jewelry that's just like the same mm-hmm. as everything else that's already out there. Except yeah. no, hopefully it's... men can start to feel a bit more... Or anyone, that's the point, anyone can wear the jewelry. Yeah, but, absolutely. Um, you know, you're talking about... 
men who feel like they have to be masculine or people yeah. who have to be, yeah. I mean, I don't think it necessarily, it's like, oh, this is hyper-feminine. Like, yeah. I think it can, yeah. it can quite easily... Well, I think to, so too. To yeah. Everybody. Yeah. yeah, I think so too, and that's what I want, but I do. I, I did understand that I haven't like pushed that more. And there's yeah. also that hesitation of when it comes to men and range. Yeah, like, for some reason. Yeah. Not all like, some men, no, of course. But like, a lot of, like, guys just... I don't feel like it fits the, the yeah, thing. I tried to get Pam to wear a necklace and he was like, no. no. I was like, why not? It's just like a chain. Look at yeah. this silver chain. He's like, no. I'm like, why? <laughs> it looks great. Like, I don't, I want to. It's so bizarre. Hesitation here. Yeah. I, I don't, I think this just maybe outside their comfort zone. For it, it is. Cam and they just, it yeah. just doesn't quite, it doesn't fit the, their, their, what they feel like they're perceived like. I don't know. It's, 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 it's funny though, isn't it? I love, I love when, um, you know, masked guys wear rings and it all do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it's great. Um, I'd love to see, I think creative men are a bit better mm, at wearing yeah. jewellery. I think mean, what they're more interested in fashion generally as well. Yeah. Not, not, I don't mean they work in creative fields necessarily. Yeah. They have that. You mean. Yeah. They have that interest. So. Yeah. I also, I also really like your use of like older women. Yes. As well. Yes. I think that's great. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, my um, initial client base started off with women of an older age just because okay. they have more of an extendable income I yeah. suppose um, and sense. I never want it to be like only this person can wear it as mm-hmm. never anyone feels like they can wear it um, and I do think you know the older you get the more money you have generally speaking mm-hmm. the more you can um, afford these things so yeah. I do never want to be like only modelling on 18 year old well, Whereas, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, you've got to do Yeah, exactly. Like, loads of my mum's friends have my jewellery. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my mum has loads of it, obviously she gets most of it free. But um, <laughs> but she um, is also a big supporter of my work and, and buys it for her friends. And well, your mum had it, so. Your mum sometimes in your, like... Yeah, she shot, actually did some professional photos of her oh, as well, which so nice. was really good. She was, um, she's a lovely looking woman, so she did, you know, she did create the most. Yeah. Um, and my sister as well. Um, and again, that was... You know, it's just about having variety of people where you're working. You know, what's tricky is as a small business, it's very expensive to do photo shoots. Yeah. I can't easily have a diverse um, range of people wearing my work because every shoot I do, I have to pay a lot of money. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying with each photo shoot to have somebody different, whether it's from a different background, you know, yeah. um, it's different um, ethnicity, different yeah. body type, yeah. you know, different gender, sex. It's, it's yeah. really important and, and it's great to see that you are a small independent brand and you are able to do that. Like you're able to be conscious of these things. Like you don't, yeah, um, it's, 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 it can be done. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? A, a lot of um, bigger brands ignore these things. Totally. I totally like, can be done. It's, I mean, it's, it seems mad not to. It's important to me and whilst I'm by no means perfect, I don't get everything right all the time. I, I want to be as inclusive as possible. Mm. And I think every yeah, of course. Every band, I feel like it just should be the default now. Well, yeah, I mean, it, yeah. it, 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 it's not. It's it like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're getting there. We're yeah, getting yeah, there. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, hopefully we're on the upwards, but it sometimes doesn't feel that way. Yeah. <laughs> that that kind of actually leads on to um, the kind of sustainability aspect as well yeah. of your business. So that is something that's quite important to you. Of course. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's sure. hard. It's really hard. You can't, I never brand myself as sustainable just because that word has so many, um, ask, you know, levels to it. And yeah. I, I am not 100% sustainable. I just, it's too expensive to be sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, I try my best to 
use recycled materials as much as possible, although that again is not 100%. It's it's just what economically not always the way. Yeah. Um, I do, for the most part, make to order, which is a more sustainable way of yeah. working. So I don't generally have lots of stock. Nothing that goes to waste, mm-hmm. that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, or give it to your mum. No, and it, even if it, it didn't go to mum, it would get melted down. Oh, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. or, or go yeah, to be melted down and all that sort of stuff. So I try as much as possible to be. Um, and I am a one-person business, so in, in that, in essence, that you are more sustainable than a, a massive company. Um, yeah, but that's very Yeah, true. I just, I, I'm never branding myself that way. I think it's too hard to to be fully sustainable and you will get people being like but you don't do that yes you know yeah yeah but it's really important to try and be as much as possible yeah it's great to have that in in the kind of like foundations of what you do and yeah and again it should i believe it should just be the default which is another reason why i don't brand as a sustainable business because i think it just should be a given these days yeah as much as possible absolutely uh okay so the next this part of the podcast this segment is called you're talking shite <laughs> and it's basically true or false so we're gonna uh, debunk some stereotypes or generalizations about specifically the jewelry industry and so okay. you're just it's just a couple and you just let us know whether it's true or false and, okay or if it's shite okay or not shite um, so all jewellery designers work with expensive materials and cater to high-end clientele. Nah, that's definitely not. That's shite. <laughs> that's shite. Um, I mean, no, I think there is, obviously, there are those brands that do. You've got very high-end brands. Mm-hmm. And if you work with expensive materials like gold and diamonds and everything, you are catering to, you know, people who have more than expendable income. As I said, um, you can make jewellery from very affordable um, mediums, you know, Especially if you're looking into things like at your plastic resins and found objects, a lot of brands do that. Shells is a big thing at the moment. Yeah, um, that's cool. All of that's accessible. Um, and whilst nothing should be cheap because somebody's made it, mm-hmm. they can obviously be a lot less expensive than lover for Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lover for yeah. Um, Who was that um, jewelry designer? You, I think you told me about her. And she does the, I think it, it might be resin or something, but it's like the really big sculptural necklaces and earrings, and she's got a TikTok and. Oh, that's um, Eve Balashova. She is her stuff's great. Let's go based. Yeah, she her stuff. Three D printed. Oh, work. okay, right. Yeah, it's printed. I think it's three D printed nylon. Apologies if you're listening, Eve. And it's not. <laughs> um, I think it's three D printed nylon. She dyes it to so get those amazing vintage oh, colours. Yeah, um, yeah, it's super sculptural. Um, mm-hmm. and she it, 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 I, to be fair I don't think that's cheap I think you also have to produce no I'm not I wasn't no no no, no I know of course <laughs> but I think whilst it's not precious metals you still you have to pay to order batches of that work because right. you know, she won't do anything that herself sure so get that done at a company and the cost of sort of shipping that over and ordering mm-hmm. batches mm-hmm. of it mm-hmm. although it's it, it, it's cheaper as a material itself than if you bought silver that amount of silver yeah you know yeah. um but there are, there's lots of lots of jewelry out there that's much more affordable. It's just if anything's handmade, it's never going to be cheap, or it shouldn't be cheap, cheap, cheap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, absolutely. That this is maybe maybe a really stupid question. Like, you see, when you order like silver and gold, yeah, does it arrive in like a big block? No, well, you can, it depends. You can order it in different ways. So okay. I order it as wire. 
So, so you do. Yeah. I've seen it. So it comes it. as <laughs> you order a specific um, diameter. So for okay, because I use round wire. Yeah, cause I order but most of the time it'll be either 0.5 millimeter. That's how my little twisted wires are made with 0.5 millimeter wire. Mm-hmm. I'll also order 1.2, 2 mil, 0.8 sometimes. So I, you can order it to the length okay. you need. Got you. Um, and it comes as wire. And then from there, you you construct. You do your thing. thing. Yeah, exactly. Okay. But you can also work with a sheet. So it's like flat. You know, so anyone who makes, maybe you've seen big disc earrings or something. Yeah. That's probably maybe a sheet and they've cut it out. Uh-huh. Um, you can order it as um, grain. So you can melt it down and mould it into the shapes you want from there. Mould that's it. That's so cool. Yeah. yeah, so there's different ways of ordering it. Yeah, that's fascinating. And the same applies to gold. <laughs> yeah. Okay. God. It just it just sounds crazy being like I'll order some gold. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> I just jammed the I mean it was. I remember when I first started doing it, I was like, What the hell am I doing? And yeah. Now it's just so second nature. Just, yeah. You know, I'm yeah. like I don't even think about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so next one. Um it's necessary to have formal training or education to become a successful jewellery designer. Definitely don't need to have formal education or anything. Uh, I mean you can you need to have training, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I mean you can a lot of people have started doing it from home. You can teach yourself aspects of it. A lot of people get into wax carving and then they send it away to be cast. Mm-hmm. That stuff you don't necessarily need formal training for. Um, you can go into an apprenticeship with a jeweler and, and do fine jewellery, which mm-hmm. is, again, what would say now are more of your traditional jewelling. Engagement like, rings. Engagement rings. Yes. Yeah. Stone setting. Mm-hmm. Generally, you're very technically skilled if you do that sort of thing. You'll be way more technically skilled than I am. Right. Maybe coming from an art school background. Right. And um, art school has its its pros because you spend a lot more time thinking about design, and mm-hmm. most of the time you'll be um, more equipped in coming up with new ideas and knowing how to, to do design well, I suppose, or come up with creative ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, so each thing has its peak. But you definitely don't need to go to university and um, and if you want to have a go at doing it night classes, you can also do that. Mm-hmm. You can learn. I was going to ask actually, is there any kind of night classes you know of? There's, or any, any there's, kind of oh, yeah, courses? Oh yeah, there's lots of classes. Um, there's a or... place called Silver Hub on Ferry Road that does classes. You can do there, um, different types of classes. Mm-hmm. There's um, there's, places in, there's lots of places in Glasgow. Um, there's another, I know some jewellers at Coburg House. Oh yeah, also do classes, mm-hmm. and they can be specific things. Some of them are stone setting, you know. Some of them are just learn how to make a silver ring. So there's lot, there's there are lots of options. Yeah, yeah. Lots of wax carving classes as well, which are quite a good um stepping stone. Yeah, starting thing because you're not necessarily doing the metal work. You can start. Is that like the little molds? Yes, right. So okay. You carve <laughs> wax, or you make, yeah, you right. form them and then. You'll send them away to casters for the most part. And they and like it, cast and put the metal for our exactly, and then they'll do the casting process, and then it'll come back to you. And either you'll clean it up, or the person who did the class will maybe clean it up for you. Okay, and yeah, blah, 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 or whatever you cast. Nice, yeah, that's cool. Good advice. Um, so the jewelry industry is oversaturated, which makes it difficult for new designers. I would say so. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Yeah, yeah. I think we any. Most industries are oversaturated yeah. at this point. Yes, but because we see it all online as well. Mm-hmm. You know, before it probably there probably wasn't that many more people doing it, but you didn't see it all. Yeah, so, you know, you're yeah. in your bubble, and now you can see what's happening everywhere in the world. Yeah, um, but it, it doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. I think you know I'm at the point where I'm seeing so many of the same things come out, so that's where I feel it's oversaturated. Right. Um, 
but there's all I think there's probably always a market for it. And yeah, like it's more about finding your niche. I think so. Yeah. I mean, I'm told I'm obviously it's not a play that's the other about it now because I'm no. like <laughs> you know, I mean it's like you know, I think you need to try and do something that feels original to you. Yeah, but clearly like, oh. that's not easy. I do. I know it's not easy. But no, I think that's good advice though. Like don't stress yourself out with what everyone else is doing. Definitely. And if you, if you have a genuinely like organic as you say approach to it and you've come up with an idea through a design process or through whatever way you know go for it i think what i would recommend not doing is seeing something online and going i want to make that i'm just mm. going to make that and copy it but sometimes yeah. you don't really even realize you've done it you know you, you've just been sure like, you've been influenced by something mm-hmm. kind of where or i don't know it's like um it's like the shell candles yes like i remember there's a company that um summer should i remember the call I was uh, summer, summer morning. Summer morning. They started during COVID and it was the first time I'd ever really seen the shell candles. And then over the next few, it's like they're absolutely yeah, everywhere. Yeah. And it's the same with quite a few different and things. I think I had maybe like boob pots. Yes. Like it got one of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, uh-huh, yeah. yeah. And everyone, <laughs> there was a brand or a really small business who started doing it. And it really was that cut your tits away? It might have been. There was, <laughs> no, this is the thing, I don't know. That, yeah. I don't yeah. know who started it, but someone did. Mm-hmm. And they probably feel crap about it because so many places have started doing it. So yeah. Businesses. And it is a shame. It's a real shame that that happens, especially when you come up with something quite original. Quite original. It is crazy how these kind of trends just pop off. They do. They do. And it, yeah, whoever starts them, it's pretty solid. Yeah. Has anyone ever copied your work? Not that I've seen, no. I, I, not directly. I remember seeing one brand that did... Um, I, when I first started out, I did these little tiny circle earrings. They were like my first. Oh, I remember. Yeah, with the line. I still make them. Yeah, as, you know, they're on my website. I don't promote them, but they, I do make them when people order them. Uh-huh. Um, and I remember seeing a, a, a bigger brand do the exact same thing. And really? Like, did they copy? They're it's so hard. minimal. I wouldn't yeah. ever do anything about it because it's such a minimal design. Yeah. It's more when maybe I start to see if I if I ever see anyone do the twisted wires in the way that I do, mm-hmm. that's when I'll take out a bit get that anything that's wired I wouldn't even know where to start with that yeah it's the diagram <laughs> oh my god literally just DM them like well that's that's what's so crazy like I mean uh, jewellery is probably harder yeah. but that's what's so crazy about all the Shein and all that like copying know, all these independent designer like fashion brands and stuff and just stealing their designs like it's absolutely it's not even like just Shein it's big brands oh yeah oh, like yeah, yeah. Yeah. and all that oh Shouldn't name these bands. No, yes. Balenciaga. <laughs> all about. I know you're all bad. <laughs> oh no, absolutely. Yeah. But I, I mean, I, I think I, I see more these like disputes happening yeah. with like the. I know you've got H and M that was up to and you're like, what? Oh my god, yeah. yeah. Why are they suing them? They're suing them for copying their designs, and you're like, but you literally rip off brands all the time. So, like, oh, hey, what a mess. I'm like, mess. I don't really know how you can like have the the audacity. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> audacity, it really is. It's it's. I, I just don't get that out with yeah. I think when you become a conglomerate like that, a massive business, I feel like people must just lose their own their own sense of self somehow. It's like, yeah. well, I'm not the person doing this. I I oh, they don't organize it. Yeah, yeah. They, there's not as much care. So like a personal, like a person behind it. But I imagine there's probably uh, this is pure speculation, but I imagine <laughs> there's like teams in in amongst the workforce that are 
told to go and get exactly. and, and like, you know what's out there. Yeah, and we'll, yeah. we'll yeah. take your decision. Inspired. Yeah, 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 exactly. Rip, rip you off. Exactly. No, it's it's so messed up. Um, okay, final one. Jewelry designers have to compromise their creativity to meet commercial demands and trends. Mm. I mean, that's not shite. That that there is an element of that for sure. Uh, I mean, I've I've had to do it to a degree. I don't think being commercial is totally bad. I no, I actually really like making work that like my friends can buy and will want yeah. to wear. Yeah, um, you want to make. Sales. I want to sell. <laughs> I want to make sales. Yeah, and I want to sell to people that um, that don't have loads of money as well like I'm not my stuff is not cheap don't get me wrong I'm not trying to say that but most of my friends will be able to put aside £100 yeah. after to purple months and yeah. go I love these earrings I'm going to buy these and mm-hmm. um, might take them a few months it might be just one thing they buy on the paycheck that month um, but they can afford that to some degree mm-hmm. and um, I want that I don't want to only sell to rich people yeah that, that like the, the little left wing <laughs> little socialist working in a very luxury world is really wants to not really yeah. cater to that whilst yeah. you have to sometimes um, or very more than sometimes um, I want to make commercial work that people will wear and it, that, you know I love, I love it when I go out and like all my friends are wearing my earrings it's so nice it's so it's nice, nice. It's, like, it's such a lovely feeling it's you know that's why commercial stuff isn't bad at all no. but you do have to if you've come from an art school background, you're kind of trained into believing that commercial is like a sin. You don't do it. I mean, even when I was at art school, they were like, don't make earrings. Earrings are too commercial. And I mean, oh, I mean, really? these giant earrings, they were, were not wearable. They were not, that were not no, commercial. No, but earrings were deemed commercial at that point. Oh, wow. Um, That's interesting. And that wasn't what you did at art school. It was kind of like a dirty word, basically. God, you know, uh, Gala Shields was the complete opposite. Oh, it was like commercial. Excellent. Yeah. They were like pushing. All they wanted us to do for print was commercial prints. Interesting. Everything, if you weren't doing a floral or a geometric, they didn't want to see it. It was absolutely mad. Wow. And I hate, like, flor- florals for me, I'm like, you know, florals for spring. Okay. Right, right. Like, I'm like, can we do something a bit more exciting? But like, if you didn't yeah. kind of fit into these kind of commercial boxes, they really didn't like it. They didn't appreciate. Interesting. They wanted you to be commercial. We did see it in the middle box here because I think mm. um I don't it might have changed now that but art school was art class going and obviously that was my experience but mm-hmm. I think there was not enough push for how the hell you're gonna do this after university as a business. Right. Got you yeah got it. pros and cons um, to both. Yeah exactly. Yeah absolutely so, you know I can't I can't make money by selling a big brooch every six months. Mm. I've got to sell things more consistently. So sure. Um I do think uh, selling your soul is such a harsh phrase, but like you do have to, but, you do have to compromise sometimes. And you have to go, okay, yeah. these hoops are not groundbreaking, but they are they are very wearable. Yeah, and you can put them with any outfit. Exactly. Like, yeah, and the hope is that you you know you come up with a signature enough style that is still are very wearable and they're very beings, but they've got a little bit. Your work is very recognisable. I mean, do you remember uh, I messaged you because bumped, well, I was doing an event for work and uh, I won't say her name. The, uh, <laughs> the lady uh, was wearing your jewelry, but she was uh, yes. a big customer yes. for us, very, very well yes. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was like draped in Ruth Leslie jewelry yes. at this event. And I was like, are you wearing Ruth Leslie? She was like, yeah, like she totally. Oh. And I was like, that's so nice. That's amazing. But yeah. it's so cool. But she had the big dramatic pieces on. Yes. She got big sculptural pieces. Was it custom pieces or? Yeah. I think so, yeah. She, well, sort of custom. Like they were, they're, they're things that I still make. 
right for when people order them but they're not yeah, yeah, they are most commonly yeah they bought yeah because they're a higher price point as well but do you make one-off big pieces to then just put up or would you only ever just do it if it was ordered i mean i have done no i have done in the past and to be fair i do make one-offs in the sense that every piece is handmade and they yeah. are never the exact same sure. but i've made like big neck pieces that i've maybe made last five off and mm-hmm. sold them individually but um I made them at first not for anything other than maybe a show or I knew I had this design and I wanted to make it. Mm-hmm. But now, generally speaking, I'd probably only make it if someone ordered it or if I've got a big fair like Goldsmiths Fair, which is in the jewellery world, it's quite a well-known yeah. fair down in London where, you know, it's a higher-end market. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not a craft fair where you might sell things for £40. It's like people will buy Fair. big bucks things. So, got you. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And I'm definitely on the, the, the lower price point end of that fair, like, yeah, massively. Yeah. yeah. Is that something that's coming out? Yes, that's yeah, the end yeah. of September. So, got you. Yeah, that's my, like, focus right now. Ooh. Is that what you made that big necklace for? No, that was actually a commission. That was, was it? Yeah, it was um, for a customer and it was... That was I wanted so to make it yeah. anyway, but then a customer wanted to order it. So, I had, like, you know, obviously had the funds to, to make it properly nice. happen. Um, and um, I actually know that person, so I'm going to be able to borrow it for the fair thing. Oh, brilliant. So I you thought, can have it, like, display. Exactly. And people can order it. Nice. Well, oh, um, class. Yeah. That would be so fun. Is, it will. Do you, is, how many times have you done the fair? The This is my, technically my fourth. It's my third in-person one, but we had COVID one year. So oh, okay. Only, okay. So it's technically yeah. my fourth, but third. And you yeah. enjoy it? Yeah. Enjoy doing it? I do, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I do. It's, it's nice to do it. it face to face in yeah. person things and it helps um, it does help it's very expensive to do you have to invest a lot in it and mm-hmm. there is always the worry you won't make the money back but for the most part at those fairs you do can make money yeah so yeah um, yeah it's I to do. that's so great right so the next part is this is all about you baby so this is story time <laughs> <laughs> so this is where we just take 10-15 uh, minutes to discuss a topic of your choice be about absolutely anything and do you want to tell us what your topic is? <laughs> 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 you know? Do you want me to tell you what about earlier anyway? I know yeah. I've basically by recent passion for um <laughs> well, I recently got into K pop which um I blame on my sister. She'll take full credit for it. Uh-huh. She's like, I got you into this band and she did. Um, there's a particular band I like um they are called Stray Kids. I've recently also got a little bit into BTX, mm-hmm. the biggest, one of the biggest K-pop fans, everyone I'm sure knows who they are. Yeah. Um, but Straker done my main thing and they are quite a young, I don't know what generation they are. I don't know well enough to be like, this is all about K-pop and everything. But they are a younger K-pop band. They're fairly new. Um, and I don't know, they've just reignited my passion for <laughs> pop bands and dancing. What, like, what drew you in? <laughs> what, it was, I was just around at my sister's one night and she was like, oh, look at this band, you have to watch them. And she showed me other music videos. And at the time I was like, God, this music is mental. This is yeah. bizarre. Um, yeah. But, you know, all these videos where they're, they're doing these synchronised routines, they dance incredibly. Mm-hmm. Um, Stray Kids are particularly weird music, to be fair. I don't know what genre they'd come under. They do their own things all the time. Yeah. They're very much their own thing. Um, but... Yeah, I think as someone growing up in the 90s, being obsessed with pop bands like sure. Spice Girls, Spice Girls um, Steps, Destiny's Child, Destiny's Child, yeah. Seven, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. all these bands, they, 
they did dance routines, albeit nothing on K-pop. But <laughs> they did, and they, I, I was obsessed with like, I love the Spice Girls. Steps were my, I think, my number one. Mm. Um, did you ever watch that documentary series about them? What, the, the more modern one? No, it was, it was probably about 20... I probably did. I mean, I, I had their, I had their, they had a, had a video. What was it called? It had a good name. I'm gonna look it up because yeah. it was because um and which was it was Claire, Faye's like Claire, Faye, Lisa, Lee, and H. Claire, Faye is the is like the devil on this program. <laughs> she, yeah, she's like she's like, the one that had like dreadlocks, didn't she? Yes, one twig girl with dreadlocks. Yeah. And then Claire just absolutely could not be arsed. Like she was because I think it was like it was to do with like them doing another tour, but it'd been a while, like a, a reunion right. tour or something. Okay. And yeah. um, Claire obviously could not be arsed. So she she's literally like on camera, like I just want to go home and have a pizza. <laughs> Like, I just want to eat some chill out. Like, oh I don't want to be, like, learning dance routines and that. Like, yes. so, so funny. Well done, um, you you should watch it. But um, I always find that with K-pop stuff, it's always such high production. Oh, it's, it's huge. I mean, the market is huge over there. Yeah. Like, like in Korea. It's, it's insane. It's a whole other world. This oh, completely. Completely. The, the, you know, it doesn't compare to what I'm talking about from the 90s. I think I just... Because I was so obsessed with the dancing, like I've learned all the routines. I can still remember. Kind of, you know, we all remember five, six, seven, eight, but like tragedy. I remember the oh yeah, absolutely. And, um, definitely some. There's more than that. I, you know, it was totally part of my youth. Um, oh my god! So, yeah, it's like it just adds. It, it, it really got me back into because I danced a bit when I was a kid, not in any way like a proper dancer, but I danced because I enjoyed it. Um, and then it got me back into it dancing recently. Like I've been going to adult classes. Oh, so K-pop is really exciting. Amazing. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> um, what kind of dancers? So, I mean, I've been going to hip hop classes, which you know it's so embarrassing. No, right so like, but they're actually just so good fun. Like no. you know, I'm not doing it for any purpose. At um, House of Jack, it's that Ocean Terminal. Oh, cool. It's really convenient for me. I just go from the studio, I walk nice. along, yeah. and I do an hour of dancing. And I definitely like. It was at first I was like, Jesus Christ, this is hard. And then I got, I feel like I've progressed through doing it weekly, just picking up routine quicker. Yeah. Because, you know, you're only doing a short routine, but you only have an hour to learn it. And so it's like, right. and my brain isn't used to that anymore. So it, it takes me a while to remember yeah. how to, yeah. like, so remember cool. a choreography, you know? Yeah. So um, it's been brilliant that I, I love it. It's just given me a bit of fun exercise and feeling really good after Well, I was going to say, is, is it more kind of driven towards it being exercise or is it like uh, we're dancers? No, it's not. <laughs> Watch out for my, Watch out for my like, private hall performance. <laughs> <laughs> like, definitely not. Definitely will be Christmas show having sex. Oh, God. <laughs> no, no, no. That's absolutely so embarrassing. <laughs> I'm going to tell people everyone's like, what do you think for me? I'm not a chance. <laughs> not a chance. <laughs> I don't ever see it. But um, I just do it for me. And it is, it's fun exercise. You feel, you might feel good. Over, but I really enjoy it. It's like I do Pilates on a Monday and I don't look forward to that. But I know it's good for me. Mm -hmm. But dance, I actually. Oh, you're not tired of Pilates. It, no, it's good when I do it. I just I'm never like, yay, yeah, 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 yeah. Finally yeah. there. Yeah, it's finally there, and I always feel good after. Yeah, but dance is like actually I look forward to this. I'm mm -hmm. um, and doing a routine to a nineties hip hop or nineties hip hop song. Yeah. That is yeah. the cutest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm probably one of the oldest in the class by far. It's, it's it is advertising an adult class, but it's mostly yeah. like a young twenty or you know early twenties. Right. You're doing um, yeah. I'm doing me, and yeah, I love so that, that was that was definitely. Um, ignited through k-pop coming into my life a bit and mm -hmm. i'm saying k-pop like i definitely am an 
loving every band. Like there's some bands I've gotten into since yeah. um getting into Stray Kids. Um some of them are terrible. So it's not my vibe at all. Some of them are really cheesy. Yeah. Um some of them are really cool. I, I, yeah, I said I recently got more into BTS, but actually more specifically Dunkook from BTS, who is <laughs> now my my good crush. Um, they're all very beautiful. They they are, like they're very pretty. In terms of the, the boy bands, mm-hmm. whilst there's still really gendered things in Korea and there is still a lot of misogyny and everything, it, it actually when you read into it all. I like the fact that the men don't look specifically masculine. Masculine, uh, that's fair. It, did it inspire your trip? It had an <laughs> element to it, yeah, it definitely did. So you, I, I mean, I've, being in the craft sector, a lot of like Eastern Asian craft is has mm-hmm. been it's massively admired like um, and working in gallery we, we show a lot of korean and japanese um, right. art and craft mm-hmm. and um, for years i've said i wanted to go to japan um and then i kind of got into k-pop and i was like why am i not going to korea like i mean i've, I've, I've always been interested in korea but not in the level of japan and now i'm like why am i not just going to korea yeah um i mean korean craft is like unparalleled and a lot of what you know, I learned a lot about the history there and Japan has colonised Korea so many times. I think the things that we associate with Japan have are actually Korean, Korean and stuff. Right, okay. so, yeah. um, a lot of things I learned in that regard. But um, yeah, just I, I got into K-pop and I was like, fuck it. I'm just, I really want to go somewhere. That's, I'm just going to go to Korea. Yeah, yeah, it looked absolutely incredible. It was amazing. It I was, was obsessed with your studio. The whole time <laughs> there, I was like, please take this down. Was this, like, photography. Funny. It was so stunning. Oh, th- I appreciate that. Thank you. No, it was, I, I, it was so, it was such an amazing trip. And it was mm-hmm. my first proper solo trip as well. Mm-hmm. And they were really, that's a bold move. Yeah, I know. I just, I just really want to go. Yeah, I was just like, like you're going, and I'm now a massive pro traveling solo person because it's it's so freeing, and yeah. there's no worry about falling out with someone or yeah, you know, having to compromise on things. So, um, I, I, I mean, I did book a tour for the first week. I did a, a group tour thing, and that was I'm so glad I did that. It really made me find a footing. Mm-hmm. But Rain is so efficient; like everything works so well. Right, it's so easy to navigate once you get down the apps and stuff. So, right, like totally recommend it to anyone going solo. It's so safe as well. Yeah, like, you you will not feel safer in many other places. So, um, yeah, yeah. I, can, I can see that. Is it quite expensive pl- place? It's food. Eating out is not. Eating out is really cheap. Yeah. It's cheaper to eat out, I think, generally than it is to buy food in the supermarket. But um, everything else, I would say, is probably on a level here. Yeah, because I've, I've always, uh, similar to what you're saying, I've always wanted to go to Japan. Yeah. But Japan is so very expensive. expensive. I'd say Korea is so, a little bit cheaper than Japan. It's right. not. The flights probably aren't that different. Mm. Although when yeah. I was looking at the time for Korea, I was also looking at Japan and Japan was about £400 more expensive oh, okay. at that time. Yeah. It's just more touristy. It's more people are going yeah. there. Yeah. Um, I think Korea is starting, the Western world are really paying attention to Korea right now um, with like, with K-pop and with mm-hmm. you know, K-dramas becoming available for us all to watch and stuff. Like reality TV? No, it's like actual like fictional dramas. There, If you go on Netflix. Oh, right. Okay, yeah, got you, got you. K-dramas is its own genre, really. It's like a ah. very specific style of program, I would say. Okay. And some of them are shocking. Like, really <laughs> shocking. But what happened, I watched a Korean film on Netflix and then after that I got recommended a few more. Mm-hmm. So I started watching them and then suddenly my whole Netflix algorithm it's, shifted and then yeah. it's like all K dramas and I'm like, where were these before? What uh, what was I don't understand. So it's they are there, you just have to the algorithm has found you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I mean I've watched a lot of them now. Some of them are really bad. But some of them are 
and you'd recommend friends yeah. and dramas yeah, yeah you can watch um i mean they're so long they're like 16 episodes each and they're about an hour and a half episodes oh they're really long and you really say. draw things out yeah but like the most recent one i enjoyed was called love to hate you um i also liked crash on you that's a that's a classic k-drama mm-hmm. i think it inspires a lot of people to go to switzerland that one oh. yeah you watch it it's, it's, it's painfully long and you're like, oh my god, go and just like snog already. <laughs> like, and I suppose a lot of builds up, a lot of really yeah. tame that stuff. Which right. Is, I think yeah. I might love to hate you because that was a bit more um, modern with that outlook. But um, they're enjoyable. They're escape. They're not, they're nothing groundbreaking, but they're fun. Um, well, there was one called, oh, oh shit, is it Crash Course in Romance? That was fun. It's just a little terrible. <laughs> Great names. Well. Yeah. Some of the translations are hilarious. Yeah, well. yeah. Like, they can imagine. There was one where this woman kept being like, you know, we would be like, oh my God, or Jesus Christ, or something like that. But they kept translating it as cripes. So she's just like, oh, cripes. <laughs> You're like, who says that? Why? What is that translation? That is amazing. <laughs> cripes. Cripes. Oh, um, yeah, I, I love that you love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I am not ashamed anymore. And oh, no, never. No, I know. I mean, I am a little bit embarrassed, but it's... No. Uh, Korea was, as a, a trip, was a, an amazing place to visit. The, the museums, you know, I went to Seoul, I went to Gyeongju, I went to Busan, I travelled around a bit. Beautiful, beautiful countryside. The people are, are very calm and lovely. Um, mm-hmm. Really, just just a culture shock, but in a good, in a good way. Mm-hmm. I totally recommend going there and as you said like easy to navigate and easy to navigate you just need to get the the right apps because they don't have google well they do but you don't really use google there you have a different internet system is it wechat there or is that no, or china yeah neighbor is what they use yeah. that's their internet browsing system and then also you can use neighbor maps for getting around right and then you can still subways unbelievably efficient yeah 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 it's brilliant is it is there um a lot of like English translation or is it Yeah, everything oh, really pretty much, I, I didn't have really any issues and anything I didn't they didn't have in English, you can use the apps. Sure. Well did you learn any Korean? Bits and bots. But just like basic. I'm like hi. What's hi? Hi, is Oh I'm not even gonna attempt to do that. It's really long, similar to Japanese, like old words are like excuse me in the polite way because there's also this you have to speak polite until you get to know someone okay and you say you speak casually but right you say things polite so excuse me in the polite form is she and i assume that and it's like who's saying that getting you know squashed yeah. yeah. yeah what what's the root version <laughs> i don't know what i think but everything's i think when you add like that thing at the end that makes it polite again it's Oh, well, it, it's, it sounds so nice, though. It does. When you hit, yeah. they're very sing-songy. Like, everything mm. is said, like, you kind of raise your tone up. So it'll be like, okay. to say thank you, it's come song You have to sing it and get go high-fetched. It. It's like, yeah. so nice. Oh, I love that. That's yeah. so cool. Do, do you want to go back? Or, yeah, I'm already, like, trying to work. Planning it. Yeah. I would like to go there and, like, turn to Tokyo or something as well. Mm. I didn't mm. quite realise how easy it is to go between the two um, and it's very affordable flights and stuff. Okay. I think I've just avoided Japan for so long because I want to do everything and it was too expensive and overwhelming. Yeah. So I'm now just being like, Wait, we can go back. It's okay. Yeah. Just do, just do one bit. Yeah. Just, just do Tokyo for and Yeah. yeah and then totally. go back and do like, the country because there's so many of us in Japan I want to visit. But yeah. Is there a certain right time you're allowed to stay there for? 
or I think there is. Yeah, I think it's three months. Same as like same as Europe now for us. Yeah, yeah, same as Europe. Yeah, that's Europe now. Got it. Um, shite. Um, no, I think I think it's three months. You don't have to have a visa for Korea at the moment. They lifted that because they want more tourism. Um, so there's no visa needed. But yeah, it's. I mean, I wouldn't be able to go for three months at the moment. No. But it was interesting. Yeah, yeah. No, it, look, it looked absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, beautiful. Um, yes, yeah, so that's us. The final part is anything you'd like to. I would say push. That's <laughs> <laughs> if there's if there's if there's anything that you want to promote or any kind of final thoughts or a piece of advice for anybody that wants to do jewelry, anything at all. Oh my final words. Oh my goodness. Um, any final words. Jewelry is, uh, I love what I do. It's you have to be passionate. I mean, to do any creative yeah. business, I think um, you, you've got to be, you got to be in the zone to do it, and you've mm-hmm. got to be prepared for the ups and downs of it. It's mm-hmm. not easy to make money. It's not easy to make a living from it. But if you are really keen to do it, just keep pushing at it if you can. You never. It's rare that unless you go big time with your business, you're going to make good money from it. But mm-hmm. you kind of just, I'd rather live a life doing something I love and being. A little bit poor. Yeah. Well, not poor, but you know, living a life where not being financially stable all the time. Yeah, I and, agree. Then being rich and, and miserable. Yeah, um, it's worth it. It's worth it. Mm-hmm. Definitely worth it. Just for your own yeah satisfaction. Yeah. yeah. Um, and also just, like I said, just want to say, like, I'm very open to people reaching out for any, like, mm-hmm. chats and advice. And whilst I'm not the beyond and all for knowledge by any means, um, but I'm, I'm just uncomfortable and happy to do that. And um, yeah. don't let anyone feel like you can't. Yeah. Well, all your details will be in the description for people to find you. In the description box. <laughs> like follow and subscribe. <laughs> you got to That will be pre-recorded yeah, before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but thank you so much for giving me your time, and I've had a really nice time chatting to you. Likewise. And yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Yay. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Done. Hey. Woohoo. Just sitting there going, I wonder if people are going to think we sound the same. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Don't Panic podcast. If you enjoyed it, please don't forget to hit that like and subscribe button so that you never miss an episode. Also, be sure to check out the description for quick links to connect with our amazing guests. Show them some love, give them a follow and explore their work. Once again, thank you so much. Your support means the world. And until next week, don't panic. We'll see you again.